Pro Marker, that should be enough. Really, it's professional. Yeah. A Sharpie, which is blunt. A lighter, just in case. Save a life! NHS pen. I. That's a weird thing to put on a pen. Save a life? Yeah. It's like you're looking for a pen. Oh, oh, yeah. You're supposed <laughs> to save a life. Yeah, I forgot. That Give guy's blood, dead get a pen. Yeah. That's bleeding yeah. you for a pen. Can I have a pen? Can I stab you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess. I've never given blood. And I'm always no. like, I really should. And I just don't do it. Why? What, what, why do you think you should give blood? A social pressure, I think. <laughs> like, I see, I see other people doing it. And like Everyone around you is like, go die slowly, Steve. Yeah. Oh, okay. Plus, like, I, I don't even know what blood type I am. I asked, and a nurse told me to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting a blood test for ages ago. I was like, is there any, like, with these blood tests, I thought, if, in order to find out your blood type, they have to test your blood. It's yeah. not, like, on your medical documents, or it's, like, in the secret it's, ones. It should be, it's something you get when you're born, or something. <laughs> they just give you a certain type of blood. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on yeah. with your life. And some blood is better yeah. than others, so it's really, like... Your blood like... type chooses you, like, that hat in Hogwarts. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The doctor bleeds on you. Four doctors bleed on you. Yeah. Whichever one makes its way in. That's what you become. <laughs> Who won? Who won? Who had AB negative? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, I asked and she's like, you don't need to know. I was like, yeah, but maybe what if I do? You don't. Does anybody? Nope. Isn't there this whole thing about blood like, yeah. being bad sometimes if you get the wrong blood? No. And also like okay. <laughs> certain blood types are rare. So it'd be good if people knew if they had a rare blood type because they might have more incentive to donate. Maybe. But yeah, she's she so dismissive. Like, All right, but you're, you're the blood person. I guess I'll just listen to you then. But I'm always, I'm, I don't think I should give any blood or all. I think that I'm different. Like I was well, reading, yeah. This, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was reading this, like there's a couple of um, pregnant people that I've been following and like they're talking about how difficult their childbirth has been in the past and right. what's going to be in the future. And I was just an incredibly easy birth apparently. But then I've also got all these diseases. So I think I was kind of like withered <laughs> and dead and just kind of like just fell out as a corpse. <laughs> and they're like, we can, he'll be, he's, he's dead, throw him in the bin. And I was like, well, actually, I'm not dead. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah, but they're like, all right, but you're going to have to live with, you know, all these diseases and stuff. Like, okay, you're going to make some pretty bad life choices. <laughs> all right, whatever. So whatever's cool. <laughs> so I feel like if I gave my blood, it would be like, we don't want this blood. Leave us alone. <laughs> Most of your diseases are due to life choices, aren't they? Well, I'm allergic to penicillin. All right, well, that's not. Which I'm, I've, that's not a choice. That just feel, that feels funny because it feels like <laughs> it's it feels like it's probably some way genetic, which means like I don't know in the 1700s or whenever penicillin came around, yeah. they're like we've got the cure for loads of diseases, yeah. and one of those cures, and I was one of those diseases. <laughs> <laughs> the penicillin's in town. Watch out! It's going to kill. It, it'll kill the the, the the bad eggs. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> You know that one thing that can help you for most things? Yeah, can't help you. No, so yeah. <laughs> they were just giving it to people and people like me would just die. <laughs> and eventually we cottoned on, just like, just avoid penicillin. Just be like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling much better. Like, they were very superstitious back then. Like, I guess there was, there was definitely some science, but people were still very godly. They'd be like, no, no, don't change. The penicillin has spoken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, then yeah, allergic to pollen, you know. It's just like it's, you're allergic no. to nature. Hay fever. Yeah, I was. Th- I I always thought I'd be properly bummed out if I had hay fever. 
It's weird. you forget you have it, and then it's just like sometimes <laughs> it just hits you like, oh, this sucks. Yeah, your body just kind of dials down. But you can, it's like any allergy, isn't it? You can get it at any point. So I'm. Con- I think you have to be around. In constant fear of hay fever. Yeah, well, it's invisible and it flies through the sky, so it's kind of like, <laughs> like Wonder Woman. The universe, yeah, lasso of pain and congestion. <laughs> <laughs> then asthmatic as well, just yeah, don't breathe. Did you have asthma, like? Uh, I think I got before? I got attacked with it when I was like five or six. <laughs> just like we went to like a wedding or something, and that put we stayed at someone's house in America that had like six cats. Right. And just you couldn't breathe. cats. Yeah. Yeah. But that yeah. was the first trigger. Like, oh, can't breathe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got asthma. And then, like, my family was like, we have asthma as well. And it turns out that was all a big lie. <laughs> <laughs> I've got asthma too. Don't worry. Like, okay. So we're all, we're all struggling to live. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dickhead. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I just feel like if I gave blood, it would just be, I don't want my, I don't want it to be, rege- I don't want to be rejected. You know? Mm. Just like, I, I want to help. No. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just stay here being weaker than I was an hour ago. Fair enough. You have to get tested I, and stuff, I think. They can't just take anyone's blood. Yeah. I, I, I think I've signed up to be an organ donor. <laughs> like, I went on the website at some point and put my details in because I was just like, oh, I'm dead. I don't need this shit. It's fine. It's weird like, that it's like ordering a pizza. Yeah. Just like getting rid of your organs. <laughs> I just gave him my Makes details sense, like... My like and your lung size, my <laughs> my my address and like uh, and and bits and pieces your like dress. that. Yeah, come round. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. I could be dying at any time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they were like, "That's it. That's great. You signed up." But I haven't got like a card or. Anything Is it like, like on that. your driver's license or something? I think eventually, when you get a new one, it'll be like take his take his kidneys. Yeah, maybe. I'd take your eyes. Yeah, like your corneas and, yeah. like, yeah, you can help someone. It doesn't with feel selfish to keep your organs. No, for some reason, Weirdly. I yeah, I there's a, there's that. a certain amount of pressure to be like, you know, you're dead, give them away. Yeah, but it's also not like this guy's not giving me his lungs. The yeah, dick. was was what was that thing that was going around on Facebook about some guy that wanted to be buried with his Rolls Royce? <laughs> he wanted to be buried. He's, he's, he was like a publicity stunt. He was like, "I'm gonna." He was, he's ludicrously rich. Trying to get retweets of my death. Yeah, ludicrously rich, and he's like, and he wants. He's like, "Oh, I want to be buried with my Rolls Royce." Um, and every there were like people campaigning against it or something like that. He was by. He bought like a massive burial plot in the in a graveyard, and then on the day that um, that he was like. I guess opening his burial plot, right? Like with a, like a grand opening with a ribbon or some shit like that. Just a ramp down. Yeah, he he said uh, he was like, oh, I'm not actually going to bury my Rolls Royce, um, but uh, lots of people bury themselves with precious things every day, and it was all about organ donation and shit. Like you just bury yourself in the ground with these things that could keep people alive, and like Rolls Royce, yeah. <laughs> But everyone flipped out about a Rolls Royce. We've been like, oh, it's just ridiculous, like uh, measure of, measure of wealth. Like, yeah, why why do you need to be buried with that? It's like, well, yeah, why do you need to be buried with your organs? Like, I understand that, um, yeah. but I under- I also understand why people are kind of attached. It's weird. It's like the desecration of a body. It's like, and it's like, well, this is my body. But it seems self it seems somewhat selfless to get rid of your organs to give mm. away your organs. But it feels weird that the complete opposite of that is not selfish. It just feels like that's ah, yours. Yeah, it's like donating a million pounds to a specific charity. Yeah, if you give it to a different charity, you're not, you're not a dick. 
Yeah. It's like, we're just, we're just putting them somewhere else. I'm, I'm storing mine later <laughs> underground in case I need them. <laughs> yeah. You never know. You never know when the uprising is going to happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the uprising of the dead. <laughs> oh, I thought uprising is like the rebellions. Oh, the rebels are here. They're coming to take the bodies. No, the dead. Right, the dead. dead. Right, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's happened quite recently, so I feel like we should probably address it. Um, YouTube. Um, there's a lot of YouTube hits going on. Well, potentially, for revenge, because they've been attacked by a YouTuber. Yes. And um, I like the way that it was reported. And I pulled from three different articles, because there's one. I read the original one, and then they, they read it, and they were like, we should make this better. And I think I found from different articles a mixture of all of it together. <laughs> They're quite funny. Right. Uh, yeah, four people. At least, this is probably just four people, were shot at YouTube's headquarters, which is weird because you don't really think of YouTube having a headquarters. Apart from no, it's like it's just in the sky. Yeah. It's just, it's just everywhere. Yeah. It's been shot in your phone. But then it's not weird to think of Facebook with a headquarters. I don't think. Well, that's weird because it's photos, isn't it? You've got to keep photos somewhere. <laughs> but video. No, it's video. Just- it's, yeah. it's a sound. It's like it's like having a headquarter for your memories. Like, yeah. oh, your brain. Like, oh, <laughs> get out my brain. Um, yeah, shot in YouTube's headquarters in San Bruno on Tuesday, according to a police spokesman. I don't know why there's a police. There's always a police spokesman. Why can't this police speak for themselves? Maybe a lot of them aren't very articulate. Some of them, they have to just pick the most articulate one and be like, you, you can... You, you speak. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> At least four people have been shot. Three victims were taken to a hospital. A fourth person died at the scene. Apparently of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. So saying the gun person. I can't say gunman. No. I don't think. Because that would be the patriarchy. <laughs> so, <laughs> during a press conference on Tuesday. Yeah. Shooting victims include a 36-year-old male in critical condition, a 32-year-old woman in serious condition, and a 27-year-old woman in... Uh, Fair condition. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know why all that's relevant. It's somewhat relevant to know the criticalism of people. But just, I know she's fair. She's fair why bro. did we choose this guy to be the spokesperson? <laughs> <laughs> He's really regimented about ranking people in terms of death. Yeah. <laughs> According to Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital. Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Facebook. Yeah. He's he's a hospital now. Uh, <laughs> he is everything. The hospital spokesman, Brent Andrew. Brent will speak. <laughs> Another woman present at the shooting was treated for a twisted ankle. That just seems... Maybe she was the one in fair condition. <laughs> just, She's alright. It's probably con- connected. Possibly it's not. Possibly it's she twisted her ankle yeah. and she was amazed at the attention she got. She was like, it's only a twisted ankle. Like yeah. People running around firing guns. <laughs> Help! This woman's in fair condition! <laughs> uh, the shooting suspect was a woman, San Bruno Police Chief Ed Barberini said. Ed speaking now. Ed Barberini. <laughs> Sounds like a nickname you give to someone. Hey, Barberini! Barberino! Bar- he used to be a barber and now he's a panini. Uh, CNBC later reported she has been identified as Nassim J- Najafi Agdam, 39, police said she was the person who died at the scene. Mm. According to NBC Bay Area, Agdam had posted a video on YouTube in January claiming that the video site discriminated and filtered her content. So that was, she was being, she was uploading videos that were being demonetized 
which is a somewhat controversial thing in YouTube thing at the moment. And yeah. like, if you swear in a two-hour-long video, they'll pull all funding from it. Maybe not that specific example, but something along those lines. So yeah. It's like, how much do I need to police my content in order to avoid getting yeah. demonetized? YouTube <laughs> employee Diana Arnspiger, Arnspiger, yeah, sure, said she was on the building's second floor when she heard gunshots ran to a window and saw the shooter on a patio outside. She said the woman wore glasses and a scarf and was using a big, huge pistol. That's just, I don't know whether that's just sexist or not, but you know, just because she might be smaller framed than the average mass shooter. Yeah. It is a mass shooting, I think, with a sprained ankle. Um, I think the definition of a mass shooting is four or more people. So technically four people... But one of them had a sprained Including... ankle and one of them shot themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know whether that would be a mass shooting. Well, it's the opposite of a mass shooting. I don't... The difference between three and four, does it really matter? I think in the UK it's less. Is it? I think, yeah. I think that's the old joke. Is, yeah, in the UK you're a serial killer if you've killed three. But in America, they've upped the bar to four. <laughs> and it's something weird like that. Oh, that old joke. <laughs> <laughs> it was a woman and she was firing her gun and I just said, shooter. Many people misinterpreted that to shoot the gunman, but just, no, she said there's a, there is a shooter. There is a shooter, but she just said shooter. No, ex, no exclamation point. No, no urgency. Just ah, oh, oh, shoot, shooter, shooter. And everybody started running. She and others hid in a conference room for an hour while a male employee phones nine nine nine. I don't know why that's relevant. No, it's not really, is it? <laughs> Unless you could you could attach a load of random stuff to that. You could say that. They're saying male employee to, to imply that he was patriarching the situation. <laughs> he was taking control of the situation or he should yeah. have been out there doing something or I don't, yeah, I don't know why they put gender into it, but yeah. hey-ho. Um, inside, Google several years ago famously outfitted its office with lots of slides. <laughs> A three-lane slide for people to slide from one story to another. Zach Voorhees, 37, a senior software engineer at YouTube, said he was at his desk working on the second floor of one building on the campus when the fire alarm went off. He got on his skateboard and approached... Got on his skateboard from his desk (laughs) on the second floor. (laughs) Better get my skateboard. Um, And approached the courtyard where he saw the shooter yelling, Come at me or come get me. Just being grammatically, just, yeah. you can either come at me or you can or come can and get me. Get me, right, okay. Whichever one you want to do. Agdam's social media posts highlighted pro-vegan views and criticised animal cruelty. She was also quoted in a 2009 story in the San Diego Union Tribune about a protest by people for the ethical treatment of animals. By people. Yeah, all protests are by people. See, this is the Not many animals are protesting. What? Save animals, fuck people. Well, like, can you not just feel that life is sacred well she's protesting the uh, by people for the ethical treatment of animals against the use of pigs in the military um which i'm against i think don't, depends how it don't train used. pigs to fly fly planes <laughs> that's too much stress on a pig people say pigs yeah. are smart yeah but don't train them to be fighter pilots is it a hate crime to airdrop a pig in like an Islamic in a Jewish country. area, like or, yeah. you're Jewish, yeah, yeah, it is. Don't <laughs> but do that. If you could train a pig to pull a parachute, like you can't demonize that. Well, you try to force them to deal with more 
edible food that they're not allowed to eat. More edible, inedible food. Yeah. Anti-Semitism. Um, which, uh, the pigs are apparently used for trauma training, um, which I've tried to imagine what that is. The only thing I could think of is pig's blood, maybe, <laughs> being used to show people what blood looks like and why they don't need to know their blood yeah. type. Not, not like, oh my God, look at all these pigs. <laughs> <laughs> Or, like, to be interrogated by a pig, or to be desensitized by butchering pigs. Now listen, oink. It's not not for firing practice. They're not shooting the pigs. No. Well, I I don't think so. Trauma training. You're traumatized by... Blood seems pretty... Yeah, pig's blood, maybe. But then you don't have to kill a pig to get blood, but maybe it's cheaper. Well, the butchers don't use it, do they? I don't know. Chinese butchers, you can get pig's blood. Yeah, I don't think they cook with it. Yeah. They drain it, I think. Well, you just but just buy it from the butchers. The animal's dying anyway. That's that's not how it works. Oh. Um, she's quoted as saying, for me, animal rights equal human rights. So I'm going to kill a so bunch she, of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so either she was saying that her actions are not meant to be done by humans or done to animals, or she's saying because you did this to animals, you're not, they're demonetizing animal YouTube content creators, so I they're don't not. Know. They're demonetizing lunatics. Yeah, well, they're, they're, like I say, there is some. I haven't. I mean, they, they do have some political sway. Like, this is like, being annoying. Um, Dave Rubin's had uh, videos demonetized uh, because he's like anti-socialism, and there's a massive like pro-socialism thing going on in LA and Silicon Valley amongst all those tech companies and everything. Right, um, and. So like he did this experiment. Like he did, he did a video that was anti-socialism, and then did one that said it was anti-capitalism and it was actually pro-capitalism. But with the filters, they didn't. They don't pick up on the content. They just look at the title and shit like that. Um, And the one that was uh, like anti-socialism got demonetized, and the one that was pro uh, that that said it was anti the fuck yeah uh, socialism. Capitalism, capitalism, anti-capitalism, um, didn't. So it's like they, they go, they they judge it on a lot of their like political stance. But on the whole, if you're just Joe Bloggs front of the mill talking about whatever, like you'll get demonetized if you're a fucking lunatic most of the time. Fair enough. Yeah, there's stuff like you need to have at least a thousand subscribers to get monetized. They're making now, it and more that and more difficult. The, yeah. yeah, which could be because of hate speech and craziness, but it could also be revenue orientated. <laughs> Yeah, like if they're spending because I think it was seen as a valid method of making money. Yeah, so like they're like, oh well, we can we can have that money, and we can do something else. <laughs> yeah, um, Apple texted Google and said sorry. <laughs> they offered support. I just think it's really funny that like a brand was attacked by a real thing, and yeah. then other brands have like <laughs> gotten together. <laughs> oh, <laughs> did your slide work? Yeah, pretty good skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just Tamagotchi comes out. We feel your pain. Yeah, you know all these just techs. I haven't been fed them. for eight years. <laughs> <laughs> Wish someone would come in and shoot me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's being treated a little less dramatically than the other ones. I think because of the number of shoot, the number of victims. I guess. Yeah, maybe. The trouble is, it kind of. I'm waiting for someone on the left to come out and defend her. I, 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 I really think it will probably happen. Um, yeah. 
to 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 as as uh, as as like a, a victim of the of the patriarchy somewhat like um but it it's it a doesn't pretty tough gig it goes against sort of thing. the thing yeah. it goes against the narrative like it goes against the narrative that it's it's all mentally unstable white males yeah um and like and and this whole thing i've had so many arguments with people when white with these mental white guys are shooting people, being like, "Well, why aren't they called terrorists? Why don't they call them terrorists?" I was like, "Well, because they're not terrorists." Yeah, like you, you have a warped definition of what terrorism is. Terrorism is using like brutal force to push someone into or away from an ideology. If it's some mental guy just shooting people, they're not doing that. But you're, yeah, you're doing it, it to incite fear yeah. or to incite terror. You're, whereas you're just crazy person. You, yeah. You're, you're turning it into a race thing where it's like, well, only brown people are getting are getting called terrorists. And it's like, well, find some more white terrorists then. <laughs> I don't understand your end game here. Yeah. Do you want more or less? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Equal treatment of evil people. <laughs> or at least equal representation. <laughs> it's about time that the French did some more terrorist acts, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. They're Jew. I mean, yeah. I don't know. But we have had white terrorists. That guy that ploughed his van into the people at the mosque, that's that's terrorism. Yeah. But the yeah. guy that the, the white guy that was shooting people in Vegas, that's not terrorism. He didn't have an ideology. He was just fucking mental. He wasn't trying to make people think or do a certain way and, and, and threatening them in that respect. Like, he was just yeah. fucking mental. But again, it's, it's this, the, I think people aren't arguing what's going on. They're just going like, he, why, you know, they're thinking about the, what your ulterior motives might be. Yeah. I, I wonder when that's going to stop. Because I, I realise that, like, we talked before about how sometimes an argument with me can be somewhat frustrating. That's because I don't care. Yeah, but uh, what that means is I have no ulterior motives. <laughs> so just completely point blank, we're talking about what's going on. Yeah, yeah, but that's because you think this. Like, nope, just whatever's going. My brain doesn't think out that much further. So just let's just talk about this. And I wonder if just eventually people would just stop trying to be manipulative because it's so difficult, it's so easy. It's become easier and easier to be caught out on a lie. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you could just Google and Facebook someone and find out yeah. where they were yesterday and whatever. So. Maybe eventually people just stop giving a shit about lying. <laughs> Start being like, my ulterior motive could be this, but that's not relevant to this right now. We're talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Because that conversation can be recorded and uploaded and heard by millions. Yeah, it's, like, it's not like I tried to trick somebody into doing something. It's like, well, you, yeah, you did, and it's on YouTube now. <laughs> but then YouTube's been shot. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything comes falling down. Oh, I forgot. I got sponsor this week. Uh, SJW ceiling fans, uh, they're making sure you don't hit your head on the glass ceiling. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Brilliant. That's apparently a thing now. I thought I'll make up advertisements and there'll be shit jokes. Well, you did start doing this for a, I think so. a short period of time. But you just, yeah, you just made it up on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, food dog. dog. Food dog. Something food dog. about lawyers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ceiling fans. I thought it was funny. It seemed, yeah. like it, was, it seems like it's some kind of joke there. So fuck it, might as well put the first draft on the official podcast. Yeah, why not? Um, other than that, yeah, I had a had a random uh, Tinder experience this week. Um, my second um, ambush, I think, is what I'll call it. Right, because it was <laughs> like <laughs> it has happened to me. It's happened to me once before, but because I've read loads of Andy McNabb, I'm always ready. <laughs> so. This, this this specific example, one, it was in Leeds. Oh, right. This is like a two-hour drive, which I don't mind. Don't care. Love, 
Love's out there. <laughs> <laughs> Love's in Leeds. Um, so I went there um, to an address that didn't exist. Right. As in, it was a house number. This postcode existed, but the house number didn't. Cause, well, the house number. It was, it was a, a pub meant to be. And it was like, say the pub was like 100 Wood Street. Yeah. And the numbers only went up to 80. Right. So I kind of I look around. It was like, oh, gave him a text. Can't find uh, number 100 or the pub. And the, the pub had a website, but it was like a very basic website. <laughs> so I was like, okay, uh, no, nothing going on. So I kind of did a bit of a recce of the area, just kind of look around and parked up in a position where I could see the street yeah. and uh, gave a text saying, yeah, I'm at, I'm at the street. I'm near the news agents. I don't know where this pub is. And she's like, oh, it's okay. I'll come out and I'll guide you there. Yeah. Okay, cool. No worries. Park up. Lights off and everything because I'm stealth. Yeah. And she comes She comes out of the house followed by three guys. The three guys fan out and she goes towards it. I'm not at the newsagents. I'm just in the viewpoint of the newsagents because, you know, Andy McNabb. Yeah. So, so they walked to like the newsagents. He looked around. They kind of like, um, I saw her. She saw me. She came over to me, tried to get in the car immediately. Mm. And I was like, and I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Got out of the car. We're not going in my car. I was like, why not? Where are we going? I, don't, I can't drive you somewhere where I don't know where we're going. Where's the pub? She's like, oh, it's further down the road. I'll walk you there. I said, no. Yeah. She had said, well, have you been to an ATM yet? It's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm just, I'm just going to go. Yeah. And I don't know whether that's just my self-preservation, Andy McNabb, alpha male, or it's like, I'm tired of going down bad paths. <laughs> about time i made good decisions yeah so i was like i could because it would be a story at the end of the day yeah and like a police report but i could i could fight four people and win <laughs> <laughs> and then still try and make the date work <laughs> just you know what kind of music you into bandaging like a knife wound on my chest trying to get a bit of charm going but I didn't and I don't know whether that's because of becoming more adult or because of whatever yeah I I would have left as soon as I saw the three guys come out yeah maybe but then I'm that not would have drawn too much attention you. no but that, that's just tactical isn't it You just because then they know that where you are they can get in a car and follow you so you don't to stoke <laughs> get to a red light people get out yeah you know, it's, it's too, it, was, it was smarter to let them, because they didn't know where I was. Yeah. So it was smarter to let them be disorganized yeah. than, to, than for me to like <laughs> drive off. But yeah, it was just, and still, I'm an optimist. <laughs> so I was like, maybe she just got pounded by three random guys and now she's coming to say Maybe now she's coming to say Do you go out for a drink? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I need to forget. Sure you do. <laughs> Martini. Two dates in one night, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it happened before, but before it was more. I'm going to keep on saying Amanda McNabb because it was more tactically impossible. It was like an alleyway or something. Before, no, it was a, like the foyer of an apartment. Right. So, like, I drove past, and um, yeah, I was picking her up from her place, but she would never answer her phone, or she would, but only after a very long time. Which automatic again, this could just be my paranoia about love. <laughs> Like, she could just be getting out of the shower, but she could be being handled by a gang. Yeah. So, yeah, she took ages to answer her phone, which I took to, I took to mean she was using somebody else's phone. Yeah. And it was one of the people's phones. But when I pulled up and I, uh, I parked up just to kind of see what was going on, there was somebody behind... <laughs> 
Somebody <laughs> hiding behind a plant pot. <laughs> and there was a car running outside with its lights blaring. And it was just, why is there someone hiding behind the plant pot? And she was like, yeah, just go and t- take the lift upstairs. And I was like, not with someone, <laughs> with someone hiding behind there. Because like, I couldn't get the acceleration. Because I think, like they say, like, what do you do in a combat situation? Yeah. But because of Andy McNabb, I know that it's purely just determination. Yeah. Like, it's just, the, it's not about, like, oh, how good is he at kung fu? <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, if someone's running towards you, depending how fast they are and how yeah. much they don't care, yeah. you're going to get pretty... They're going to be able to find a way out. Yeah. You know, if you're not... If the other people aren't prepared enough yeah. for that level of intensity, <laughs> it's just like... I'm pretty confident I can summon that level of energy. So yeah. <laughs> to be fine. But to be, like, sat in an elevator... I've seen The Matrix. You need, you need like, MP5s and you need guns. <laughs> and it's, oh, I can't be bothered. No. But I was staking out the area for so long, I got a parking ticket. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those, like, cameras that took your license plate when you went into the car park. Oh. I was in there for like 10 minutes like should I risk it should I go for love what should I do and I was like nah it's too I'll be putting myself too vulnerable no no be safe <laughs> so yeah the world is a dangerous place yeah and as much as it could easily be my paranoia it could also very likely be because also the woman from the other night was uh, seemed high and was like scratching her arms under her coat and it was just like Mm-hmm. No, this doesn't feel real. So yeah. I'm just gonna go home. <laughs> just drove home. So yeah, love, love, love. Yep. I am a, ro- <laughs> I am a romantic guy. I just feel like the world isn't as romantic as I. <laughs> but yeah, that just keep on the fight. Keep on hunting through, um, through gang, through gangs. Get through all the gangs. <laughs> Um, so this new article getting back to the re- more real world I don't know the less Nick I don't world. know there's something pretty real about being ambushed <laughs> twice but again it's just decisions that I me- I can feel myself automatically because I, I had to be a bit it's not even streetwise it's just more just um, self management or self uh, protection yeah I just had to do a lot of that through a lot of a lot of my life and it's just automatic it's weird just how quickly you go my spidey sense is saying that this is happening and I'm really confident that it is. So let's yeah. just, let's, do, let's, let's deal with this professionally. Yeah. But I couldn't be, uh, I wasn't allowed in the army. I, Did you apply? <laughs> ish. On like, when I was meant to be going to like a philosophy lecture or something, I just went into Crew Central, the centre of Crew, and there was like a van. He's like, do you want to be in the army? He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, well, what's going on? I said, Spontaneous. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well... You know, I'm not really sure if I can give blood. I don't know my blood type. You know, if I give it to you, you might reject it because I've got all these things. Like, what are you allergic to? Penicillin? Not allowed. Um, hay fever? Nope. Um, and then I told him I was asthmatic and he's kind of laughed. <laughs> he's like, so what are you going to do if you have an asthma attack in the Sudan? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'll be fine. <laughs> no, you won't. Get out of my arm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some people spontaneously order dessert. You spontaneously go to war. <laughs> Occupy another country. <laughs> uh, okay, go for it. Um, but yeah, there was a warning out this week uh, to asthmatics, which I feel is quite dramatic. But as in, when I read it, I heard the dramatic voice. And when I read the parts, I'll try and do the dramatic voice for right. um, Asthmatics have been warned to think twice before taking part in Easter egg hunts. <laughs> <laughs> you have been warned. <laughs> 
this weekend for fear of fatal attacks triggered by pollen. <laughs> Don't hide your eggs in the trees, lads. No. <laughs> Kids are dying. Experts have said around 4.3 million sufferers are at particular risk because they're ignorant of the dangers of tree pollen and get caught up in the excitement of the day. <laughs> I found the egg. I found the egg. <laughs> Just done. Found an egg. It's not chocolate. It is chocolate. Oh my God. Symptoms associated with hay fever, such as itchy eyes and a blocked nose, can quickly lead to asthma, they warned. It estimates that around 700 people a year are taken to hospital over the weekend holiday because they're both asthmatic and allergic to substances such as wheat, eggs, nuts or dairy products. Simnel cakes and hot cross buns are also believed to present a risk. (laughs) Not the hot cross buns! Oh my god! What is a Simnel cake? I don't know. It must be Eastery. I don't know. Simnel? S I M N E L. Never heard cake. of that. American? Something? It's killed too many people. Yeah. Lots of people love getting involved in traditional Easter activities, chomping on chocolate eggs and racing around their garden or local park on an Easter egg hunt. But Easter could be deadly for some people with asthma, said Dr. Andy Whittemore, clinical lead. Lead mm. at Asthma UK. <laughs> Critical <laughs> lead. <laughs> Many people may not realise that trees begin releasing their pollen as early as January. So this may be they may be caught out with hay fever symptoms over the Easter weekend. <laughs> just just fucking Easter egg. <laughs> like, yeah, I've been really lax about my asthma growing up, like hugely, like not taking my asthma pump regularly, not carrying it around with me all the time when I was a kid, because it was just like, oh, if you've got cats. I'll bring my asthma pump. Yeah. And then just other triggers tend to hit it. I had a cousin who was very asthmatic. This kind of like cleaned up recently, but he'd have to be a bit more serious about it. So I get that, you know, there's probably a need to get people to remind them to take their medication. But, it's, 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 but saying you're going to die on an Easter egg hunt seems a bit harsh. It's a public service announcement <laughs> about the dangers of Easter. Like, that's that's crazy. Approximately 1 in 12 people in the UK suffer from asthma. However, if they also have a food allergy, it causes their immune system to overreact and release a chemical called histamine, which causes symptoms of an allergic reaction. So it's like an antihistamine. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Uh, This can cause airways to tighten, leaving sufferers gasping for breath. According to new research by Asthma UK, an estimated 4.3 million people in Britain with asthma have said that their asthma symptoms are triggered by pollen. At this time of year, many trees, including birch, willow, and elm are releasing pollen into the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trees release pollen. Like fucking okay. wanted posters with trees on them. And like... Yeah. If people take precautions, making sure they take their brown preventer inhaler and having their blue reliever inhaler with them, they might still be able to enjoy Easter. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> if you got... If you got... If you got asthma that bad, you'd know to take <laughs> like, shit with you. Like I say, you're not, they're not wrong, right? Uh, people need to be reminded to take their medication. Like, people do unhealthy things all the time. There needs to be that kind of thing. But you get the impression that parents will already be that level of urgency. And kids are going to be kids. So you kind no. of have to, like, we can't be like, we told you. The only but reason, why specifically at Easter? Uh, the only way to justify this is if they see a noticeable spike around Easter. Well, that's the thing. Maybe because there's more kids outside in parks rummaging through bushes looking for chocolate. 
<laughs> it's the only time of year that that's acceptable. I think, yeah, I think that's like, like saying because of Easter egg hunts, you get more. Like, you told all the time, more hospital. Don't eat things you found on the floor. <laughs> don't breathe in a tree because you might get. And an now egg. it's find things on the floor to eat. <laughs> we advise people with an allergy to ingredients in Easter eggs or hot cross buns to avoid the food completely. So does everyone. Don't eat stuff you're allergic to, please. We're having a hot cross bun hunt. Said no one ever. <laughs> Where, well, what is is that? That is an Easter food. That it's a Christian food, isn't it? It, it is. Yeah, bun. like my dad has them all year round. Yeah. Um, but it's just and like everyone who comes over always finds that weird brioche. Yeah, it's buns. like a, it's it's a it's a bready bun with like cinnamon and nutmeg, like with spices a in it, or something. And yeah, it's like a piped white cross on the top of it. Yeah, I don't know the relevance to Easter. I think like it's Christian for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I just I don't know when it started. Like, yeah. I don't think it was, like, the day after Jesus died. It's like, well... Well, let's have a bun. We haven't, yeah, we haven't got much, but we've got some flour in, so... I made you a bun. Uh, it's a traditionally eaten on Good Friday. Just is. <laughs> Apparently, that's, that's all that Google wants to tell me in the immediacy. Um, so, yeah, kids don't have any... The, the dangers of an Easter egg hunt are much more than the man in the bush who's offering you chocolate. It's also the trees are trying to kill you. Yeah. What a great day to be alive. (laughs) In other news, I like this guy because he's optimistic. An attorney for DMX used an (laughs) unusual court tactic on Wednesday before his client got sentenced for tax evasion. He played the rapper's hit song, Slippin', (laughs) in the hopes of convincing the judge to be lenient. (laughs) So they did the like boombox on the shoulder. Pretty much. Just play. And then played this rap song, which I can only imagine is a stereotypical rap song. Yeah. And then, like, watching the judge, like, you heard this shit? <laughs> That's some good shit. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to put this guy in prison? Yeah. There's no microphones in prison. Yeah, yeah DMX has said... Oh, I think it's some of the lyrics. I've been through mad different phases like mazes to find my way, and now I know that happy days are not far away. It's like a strong lyric and thing. DMX, whose real name is Earl Simmons, raps in the 1998 autobiographical song, which reverberated before a packed courtroom in the Federal District Court in Manhattan. So just hit it. What's that thing? Was that uh, something Amer- American film, teen film, Peter Gabriel or something's outside playing a boombox? Oh, Some yeah. cult reference. There. Um, it's not like 16 Candles or... No, it's something. But yeah. yeah, it's a cult reference that I know, but I've never seen the film. Like so many cult references. Yeah. Um, attorney Murray Richman. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll be a lawyer. Um, said he played the music video. Oh, it was the music video in an effort to illustrate how far Simmons has come <laughs> since his horrific childhood. You just roll in the VCR <laughs> like you're in school. Uh, his childhood involved physical and emotional abuse and how promising the future looks for him now despite being guilty of tax fraud. So it's been like, oh, you know, but he's, they're trying to show that the music video is representation of the suffering that the yeah. artist went through. Well, the reason you were afford, able to afford that is because you haven't been paying your taxes. <laughs> <laughs> but also it's just like, you know, it's just a, it's a music video. Like, yeah. not, not all rappers own boats, but they hire them for a day yeah. <laughs> to shoot music videos yeah. or whatever. But being like, yeah, this is... Any, any closing statements? Yeah, hit the track, hit the track. (laughs) (laughs) 
federal. It's <laughs> yeah. something he's been asked to do, like by the by the rapper, be like, yeah, just just play my song. They'll get it. It'll sort it out. And like, Look, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think you like, understand. Just no. play the fucking song. I won't order that song. <laughs> Federal prosecutors said Simmons owed $1.7 million in unpaid tax from income made between 2002 and 2005, and he also failed to file taxes from 2010 to 2015 when he made at least $2.3 million. But Simmons' attorney insisted that his client deserved a bit of mercy, you know, because his life experiences were horrible. I've heard terrible tales, but I've never heard such horrible upbringing as this. Um, he, the guy's been his lawyer for 20 years. So, like, they've gotten to... The pl- I know the guy. Come yeah. on, he's a good guy. We thought the video would really demonstrate to the court just what he had to go through to get to where he was. <laughs> Why don't these guys ever have accountants to be like, look, you're spending too much. Yeah. Just, this is this is all frivolous. This is ridiculous. Like, they're always in trouble. It's yeah. always to do well, with money like as well. cash pay, I guess, is where it gets a bit complicated, isn't it? Like, I think David Chappelle said in one of his specials, like, he got paid $30,000 cash mm. by some rapper for opening for him or something. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck do you do with that? Like, yeah. Like, yeah, like, I mean, and then loads of people do drugs and alcohol and stuff, so it's just like, gets thrown out into that. They can't, they don't just go to the bank and buy something, like, it's yeah. cash money or I suppose whatever. You, you don't put cocaine on your tax report, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. You'd you have could, to, it, it, it's an expense. It. <laughs> and you class it as, uh, as, as like business entertainment. White privilege. So that's good. <laughs> uh, I grant you, this is his attorney, has been, he has been arrested over 30 times. But in the last five <laughs> years, he's never been arrested. And he's tried to put his life back together, like in the music video. Yeah. <laughs> in slipping, he pleads. And I don't want to do this, the white guy saying rapping in the white way, but it's kind of how it is. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, i got to get up, get me back up on my feet so I can tear shit up. Right, so we think you're a danger to people in the <laughs> yeah. public, and we don't want you tearing shit up. <laughs> yeah, the, Richmond said the judge was taken by the song. Uh, it was spectacular, uh, Richmond said after the proceeding. He said he could not be affected by the circumstances surrounding Simmons' upbringing. I've heard sp- it's been used like, spectacular's been used like that a few times now, and I go like, I don't think it means what I think it means. <laughs> I think, like, amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. Nothing happened. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Simmons has been behind bars since his bail was revoked in January. He sobbed on Wednesday, as Richmond described his childhood, the AP reported. And then a statement to the court, he said, I never went to the level of tax evasion where I'd sit down and plot like a criminal in a comic book. Oh, well. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. His attorney described the proceeding as dramatic before, during, and after slip-in was played. <laughs> So it had no effect. <laughs> you can't. Isn't the big thing is like you, you're not. You can't claim ignorance or something. Probably. Like you can't claim. Oh, I didn't know. I wasn't a comic book villain. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's Fair not enough. what we're accusing you of. <laughs> yeah. Accusing you of tax evasion. If Lex Luthor, the worst thing he did was tax evasion, he'd be a nice guy. Yeah, instead, he made a country out of a poisonous rock. <laughs> <laughs> and still lost. Yeah. In that courtroom, you could hear a pin drop, his attorney said. So I'm confused as to whether he's happy or not. But so there lost. was no round of applause then? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just... <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> like, like, they're taking it as like all these people were so deeply affected. It's just like, no, I just don't know how to react to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I'm awake. <laughs> I thought this was a court case, not MTV Unplugged. <laughs> Just like, yeah, whether it's hit, hit, hit it, you know. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, fair hit enough. Hit my music. 
look, I'm fine. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. You're guilty. You're still guilty. <laughs> <laughs> he, this was like a, a repeal hearing, I think, because he was in jail since January. Yeah. Like, and he, I'll play you the song. <laughs> no, go back. Go back to your prison, lad. Uh, DMX. Guilty of stealing a bike. I don't know. BMX. People kind of... I think tax evasion is one of those things that's like, yeah, but it's not really a problem. As in, you can go to prison for tax evasion and yeah. you'll still be employed when you get out. Like, you'll still be able to Maybe. get a job. Yeah. You just have a forced account. It's not like robbery. Like, yeah, it's it, not it considered like a violent crime. It's but technically it's... theft, I guess. But it's just, it's not viewed in the same way as other thefts. Like, you're not violating mm. someone's rights. Yeah. Not directly, in any way. No, anyway, no. Um, there are real criminals in the world, though, and some of them do become reformed. Mm. Or forgiven, at least. All right. Like this Canadian man. A former guest of the Fairmount Empress Hotel in Victoria, Canada, is once again allowed to stay at the hotel. 17 years after he was banned for destroying his hotel room with seagulls. <laughs> <laughs> According to Nick Burchill from Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, the trouble all started when he was staying at the Empress for a business meeting with a suitcase full of pepperoni, which he planned on sending to his Navy friends. <laughs> Pepperoni? How much do you want? Just fill up my suitcase, really. <laughs> Who's it for? Friends in the, in the armed forces. Okay. Okay. This is Canada. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you went to Italy. It's like some really it's, it's yeah. just Canadian pepperoni. Military discount, best. maybe? <laughs> yeah. Rather than leave the pepperoni in his room to spoil, get hot in there, right? Birchill wrote on Facebook that he decided to leave the pepperoni filled suitcase next to an open window. <laughs> so the chilly air could keep his pepperoni fresh. Makes some sense, right? You put a hot pie on a windowsill to cool down. That's very Tom and Jerry. Yeah, but so he's putting a suitcase full of deli meats. <laughs> <laughs> then Birchill went for a walk, at which point dozens of seagulls entered his room and descended on the pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> of the moment he returned to his room... Birchill wrote, I remember walking <laughs> I remember walking down the long hall and opening the door to find my room filled with lots of seagulls. I couldn't I didn't have time to count them, but there was about forty. <laughs> I didn't have time to count them completely, but I got to forty and I left. Yeah. <laughs> and they had been in my room eating pepperoni for a long time. What <laughs> so they looked bloated? Yeah. They were just like, ah, oh, too just, much pepperoni. It turned Italian. <laughs> hey, oh, <laughs> As one would imagine, the room was a mess. According to Birchill, the curtains, lamps, and coffee tables were trashed. Pepperonis are rage-inducing what? meat. What? <laughs> you mean trashed? Like they shit all over it? Maybe Probably that's all I can think. Bumped into it, knocked over. I guess knocked over a coffee table. <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking big seagull. Forty birds. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the birds? Um, unable to rid the room of. Oh, he, so he, he tried to get rid of all of them. Right? You're like, get, get right. away. <laughs> get out, eh? Um, <laughs> unable to rid his room of all but two seagulls, he became agitated and decided to throw his shoe at one of them. The shoe went out the window, <laughs> along with the bird. I don't know whether the bird caught it and took it out or they just kind of both fell out. And another he covered in a towel, which he then threw out the window. <laughs> <laughs> 
one one of the seagulls was just bouncing around on the windowsill when I was kind of losing my temper at this point. So I took off all of my shoes and threw it in the direction of the seagull, and they both went out. <laughs> if that weren't bad enough, an entire group of tourists had been outside seeing the procession of items fall from his room window, which Burchill then had to go retrieve. <laughs> he wants in my shoe. <laughs> <laughs> However, it had a seagull on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got lots of It pepperoni. flew that way. <laughs> <laughs> However, um, worried that he would be late for his business meeting, and he went out for a walk. <laughs> Still got to work. Um, Birchill attempted to clean off his shoe and ignore the mess the seagulls had left behind until the power went out and Birchill realised he had to call the front desk I don't know whether the power went out because the birds were trying to like counterattack <laughs> cut the power and, yeah. get it. and then pepperoni. everyone will open yeah everyone will open their fridge to get the food out <laughs> yeah. um, according to Birchill it was the look on the housekeeper's face that really stuck with him he wrote, I can still remember the look on the old lady's face when she opened the door. I had absolutely no idea what to tell her, so I just said, I'm sorry, and then I went to dinner. <laughs> when he returned later that night, all of his belongings were moved into a different room, and after he checked out, his employer was notified that he was no longer welcome at that hotel. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've, I've, had, I've had awkward conversations with employers yeah. that like some feedback has gotten back to them, and they've been like... Seagulls? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've spoken before about how I worked at a call centre and started screaming. And like, that was, was for like a temp agency. And the temp agency wrote me about that line and was like, Nick, what? What's going on? <laughs> did, you, were, did, you, did you scream? Were you screaming at work? Like, yep. Yeah. Well, you, you can't do that, friend. <laughs> You're not supposed to do that. I understand your point. I completely respect where you're coming from and I completely agree with you. But I should have said, if I'm ever working in a call centre, I'll start screaming. <laughs> okay, well, we'll call you if we get any non-screaming work. <laughs> Please did, do. Did you get any more calls? No. <laughs> no. Uh, but now, after a 17-year ban, Birchill returned <laughs> to the hotel. specific. Yeah. You're banned until you're able to legally learn to drive in the UK. <laughs> How many seagulls? <laughs> 17 <Doubtful>. years. 17 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he did try and defend the hotel with a shoe. He deserves a bit of leniency. It was going to be 20. Have you heard DMX's track? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he returned to the hotel to see if he could convince them to lift the ban. <laughs> 17 years he wants to go back to this hotel. Why? <laughs> wildlife. Just go. Great wildlife. <laughs> Going to bird spotting after being pecked by lots of seagulls. Why scare? Why scare off the seagulls? Like, call people straight away because otherwise, it's just a guy in a room covered in shit with no explanation. <laughs> Feathers. <laughs> yeah. Like it looks like you cannibalized a bird with pepperoni and shit splattered all <laughs> yeah. over the place. It's not what you're thinking, <laughs> but I've got to get to dinner. Sorry, <laughs> I'll be right back. Be back in about four hours. <laughs> According to Birchill's Facebook post, Ryan Reardon, the director, rooms division uh, of the Empress, director rooms division, I don't know, uh, reviewed his plea and lifted the ban, a decision that Birchill believes was due to the pound of pepperoni he presented to the hotel as a peace offering. (laughs) Here's the thing that caused all your problems. (laughs) Maybe you want some more. (laughs) Okay, we forgive you. Uh. Seagulls are twats, man. Like, yeah. I, I like them. They always seem, like, pretty laddish. 
Like they just fucking walk up to you and take your chips. Like that's that's decent. <laughs> yeah. But like, I have to respect you. <laughs> we, we went we went sea fishing, and um, like that you always get seagulls like just kind of hovering about, like watching yeah. to see if you catch anything. And the guy that was get a load of this guy. <laughs> I bet he's got some pepperoni in his suitcase. <laughs> The guy that was on a, that was like chart, captaining the boat or whatever, the guy that owned the boat, um, was like, "Look, you'll get seagulls around. Just leave them alone. Don't do anything. Don't shoo them away. Don't because otherwise they fly into the air and then they vomit on you." <laughs> get a load of this guy. <laughs> Let's see how he enjoys two-hour digestive pepperoni and coffee table. <laughs> And he said, like, and it's the most disgusting smelling thing you've ever had in your life, and you're going to be out here for about eight hours. So just avoid the vomit, leave the seagulls alone. <laughs> like, that's a, like, most, 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 like, birds, like, feed their young with, with, like, partially yeah, digested food. they're very understanding and accommodating like, animals. Seagulls don't give a fuck. No, like, fuck oh, my kids. These, I, I need these, to vomit on this These guy. guys are stressed. They probably haven't eaten in a couple of days. I'll give them a little something. This will calm them down. They, yeah. they usually leave us alone right after we do this. <laughs> so. Oh, you got some mackerel there? You got some mackerel? Here's some fucking mackerel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get scared crows, but you don't get scared seagulls. No, I don't think anything scares a seagull, to be honest. Nothing. They're pretty bold, man. Like, they follow the tractors. Like, when they're, when they're, when they're plowing fields, they're all just flying around this giant machine. It's just like, yeah, like, I wouldn't stand around it while it's plowing. Seagull's quite fucking happy. It's like, maybe there's a worm. It's like, does that worm, is it really worth that much to you? Yeah, but I could vomit on it. <laughs> this worm's driving a tractor. <laughs> we could get it. But yeah, crows are afraid of me- of people. No, just statues, just things, just things, just things, things that break the horizon. Things that like, look oh like God. people, I guess. I don't yeah, know. I guess people uh, with clothes on. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't. Is this? I, if you leave something there for fucking ever, like are they're not just because yeah. crows are clever. Yeah, they're like they're really be. smart yeah. birds. Like they would just be like that guy hasn't moved in three weeks. Like yeah. it would, they would suspect something. But why? They must be afraid of gunfire. Maybe I guess. Yeah, because they have that thing of the farmer uh, behind where I used to live. Like they, he has like something in his field that sets off like a blank shell every couple of hours, and all the oh, birds right, fuck yeah. off. So yeah, they must have some association with that being a bad thing. Yeah, and like having an understanding of it. It's not. Unless, because yeah, when I was in when I was in year three, when I was paying attention in school, my teacher, Mrs. Gardner, <laughs> would clap her hands at pigeons because she was a dick, <laughs> and she said that it reminds the birds of gunfire, and they think that she's a gun. Birds been around longer than guns have. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so they they know they know all about guns. They've seen the evolution of guns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just went like, oh, it's probably just loud noises. They go, yeah. oh my god. I like you don't see many crows hanging around a volcano. <laughs> Volcanoes loud? Probably. 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 Maybe. I don't know. Maybe there's just not much food up there. Maybe, but then it would all be barbecue. I don't know. It, yeah. There's pros and cons. Yeah. <laughs> Living in a volcano. Pros, cons. Like. Yeah. All right, you don't see many crows in an avalanche. No. And avalanches are quite loud, no. eventually. And you would see them, because it's like white on black. Yeah. 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 There's logic in here. Yeah. Somewhere, mm. yeah, cool. That's me. Yeah. 
Um, now I did this. I've had this on my thing for a few weeks, and and I. Uh, so I I haven't I didn't read through it before I came on here. Okay. I'm assuming it's funny. Okay. All right. Um, a Utah mum is upset about a school policy in which sixth grade girls can't say no when boys ask them to dance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not allowed. Not allowed to say no. Okay. Yeah. Seems a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the mum says it sends the wrong message to young students. When Natalie Richards' sixth-grade daughter told uh, told her she couldn't say no if a boy asked her to dance at Canesville Elementary School's Valentine's Day dance, she didn't believe it at first. Uh, the teacher said she can't. She has to say yes. She has to accept, Richard said. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Again, someone's just pissed off at their ex-wife or something. <laughs> no, she will say yes. Okay, fair enough. If you want... Uh, Lane Finlay said the Weber School District confirms it is a rule but it's meant to teach students how to be inclusive please be respectful be polite Findlay said the district community's uh, relationship specialist uh, said um, yeah I guess we want to promote kindness and we want you to say yes when someone asks you to dance yeah I can kind of see what they were trying to do (laughs) but it's one of those things where it makes an okay moral story, but not a real world story. Like, you should try and include everyone and be as accommodating as you can, but also learn to say no. <laughs> yeah. uh, it sends a bad message to girls uh, that girls have to say yes. It sends a bad message to boys that girls will or can't say no. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. No. Right? Like, uh, is is this a rule only for women? Yes. Oh, I thought it was like an all-inclusive, like you should always get people to include each other. No. I thought it was not specifically towards women. Like, I know it said that if someone asks you to the dance, they would like you to say yes. I just didn't connect the dots that that's only for women, yeah, only for the well, girls. Well, for, there's, there's no details about whether it's all students, but it does specifically say it's just on about her daughter. No, I think they could have been clearer so and think, said, well, like... I think well, that's her reacting to the rule. Yeah. By her interpreting it by saying, only boys ask girls to the dance, yeah. and you should say yes if yeah. someone asks. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I get it as an, as an idea of to you know all inclusiveness, inclusiveness and everything, and don't shy away from you know social situations. But like, you're sending people. You but t- yeah, like, there's, if you, there, it's the whole never say it's not never say no. No, it's just try and say yes, which can have it does a disservice been interpreted to, different ways. It does a disservice to everyone. Because, like, you need rejection in your life. Like, you need it. You need to learn how to deal with that. Yeah. And it's it's much better to learn it when you're young. People who learn rejection when they're old always end up fucked up. But, it, yeah, also, but also it's, you need to learn to reject as well. Yes. Like, if you say yes and you don't actually want to do something, yeah. it creates a really horrible <laughs> energy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You just end up being this compliant thing stuck in situations that you have no desire to be in. Yeah. To, because you're trying to be so this person's like, they've accepted me, but they hate me? <laughs> uh, what's, <laughs> yeah. what's wrong with me? <laughs> Try to be accommodating. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it for that one. Fair uh, enough. Um, but it's weird that, I mean, people get really freaked out about school rules anyway. I think it's because they associate schools with raising children. So they go like it's the government's form of child raising. Oh fuck off! Nobody Which is like there's 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 an element of that, and I think that if you homeschool kids, they're missing out on a lot of 
opportunity, like teachers, social interactions and stuff. T- the teachers are expected to do more and more and more, and it's fucking stupid. Like they're not, they're there. To, they they've got to make sure your kids are safe. Yeah, because like they're under the, the kids are their responsibility while they're in the classroom. Understood. They're not there to be their fucking parent. Like I've like I, I have a problem with schools having like mandatory um, like the fuck is it like like sex education um, and not not because I've got an, an issue with kids learning about that shit but because the people pushing for the mandatory stuff are the ones that just don't want to do it themselves because it's an awkward conversation to mm. have like I understand like I think <laughs> you should have sex education from a scientific perspective and talk about what happens and why it happens and how it happens and everything like that like that makes perfect sense but to talk like it's not the school's responsibility to talk to your kids about their feelings like that's you that's on you as a parent yeah but then if you add in the equation that most people are unfit for the roles that they've kind of adopted in life which i think most yeah. is accurate whether they've planned to be in those positions or not other things in life like too much work not enough work money mm. problems family problems whatever i think that it does need i think the schools would be, i think the society would benefit from um a um un uh, when they haven't got an agenda and a, a genuine teaching of something yeah and being like if kids don't get it or they don't understand it or if parents never talk about it mm. at least the kids understand yeah. the science of it yeah to be like well that's lies or that's not lies or whatever yeah because the parents can go no we believe in a religion that ignores all of that yeah yeah okay like but at I, least well, they've got the two I've, bits of information i've i've known i've known parents who um like actively filter the kind of things that their kids watch and take part in um and it's it's done in the it's they 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 do it in the guise of it being like um oh well it's not appropriate for someone of their age yeah. but in actuality and i know this because they've admitted it um they, in actuality it's because um well this the, this will cause their kids to ask questions that i'm not comfortable answering it's like well fuck you why are you a parent then yeah well <laughs> we are looking at it from a, a certain perspective of lack of sympathy mm. but like i can imagine that there are some parents who don't i'm who not saying it, you need to struggle to, to, you need to teach your five-year-old about sex yeah yeah like but that's... like they get they get trouble disassociate like the ever as the child like evolves and grows yeah the parents just are stuck in this like i think yeah, from the ages of like zero to six, you're like, oh my god, it's trying to die. It's, like, it's trying to do that, and I think that there's an element of that that doesn't go away for a long time because then you're like, oh my god, now they're thirteen and they're out there having sex and they're gonna die, and then like eventually they get these really latchy parents, and I imagine that there's an element where it's kind of difficult to break that barrier of guardian or protector or yeah. babysitter i think is the best word i can think of and turn it into an adult parent relationship but it's protecting them from the wrong things protect them from yeah. actual dangers don't protect them from ideas like that's yeah but then uh, yes it's this whole thing of they have to face their own reality like i've met i know so many parents who would refuse to teach their children like self-defense mm. because they believe that their child should just never be in danger like don't go into dangerous situations, or police well, will look the after you. Dumbest way to deal with it. It's it, it's an it's a, it's an ignorant way of dealing with it, right? Yeah. Because it's like no, every like every, I, I still don't understand why everybody, why I feel everybody should know CPR. Yeah, but loads of people just don't. I don't. Yeah, but I kind of go. 
it's going to save your life or people around you's lives. Yeah. The world would be a better place if everyone knew it. Yeah. And you, you just go, nope, it's just not taught. Instead, we learn how to do home ec or something like that. You have to teach your child, and this is talking from someone who isn't a parent, yeah. but it is my belief that you have to teach a child <coughs> to deal with the world as it is. Not as you would like it to be, yeah. but just as it fucking is. And it's the same argument that we made about... Um, about women protecting themselves by uh, by, by mm. not going out in dangerous areas and revealing clothing. It's like, it's not, we're not trying to take away your rights. We're saying you need to deal with the dangers of the world as they are. Yeah. These people are fucking sick, disgusting criminals. I'm not in support of them. I'm trying to keep you safe. If you go on a Tinder date looking for love, you might get gang raped. <laughs> like, just make sure that you wrecky the area, read Bravo 2-0, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Grow a beard. <laughs> be fine. No, I had a weird one when I was growing up. One that I always thought was weird that I kind of... Well, I have weird family anyway. But, yeah, there was a Simpsons joke that I didn't quite understand because I didn't know the definition of a word. Right. And so I was like, hey, what's the meaning of this word? And they were like... And my parents were like, we don't, we're not going to tell you. Like, look it up in a dictionary. Oh. And I was like, I don't want to do that. What does it mean? This, and I told them the context of the joke. Mm. And they said, uh, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a joke, but um, just look it up. This was before Google. Yeah. <laughs> and the word was impotence. Oh, right. Like, okay. they didn't want to tell me what... Im- they were embarrassed yeah. to talk about impotence. Yeah. And it was like, one, it's not the most sexual word. No. And it's it's somewhat in the sexual arena, but they didn't want to come into that level of awkwardness yeah. because it had something to do with something taboo. Yeah. So it's like, if people are get, are not like, want, don't want to talk about impotence, I imagine they don't want to talk about, you know, something else, like the about menstruation or anything like that. Mm. And you go like, oh, well, if, yeah, I think that schools can teach more than parents can in general about life. Yeah. But I think that parents can also, I think parents can do everything that schools can teach. Yeah. But the teaching environment is more, but parents are so busy. So it's kind of like, you have to kind of juggle the two. But that there is a question about how much do you censor your chi- your children from mm. the world? Mm. Like, when do you show your child Predator 2? <laughs> yeah. I imagine with you, it would be when they're about three or four. I would, yeah. yeah. But I was strict. I was strict household, like 16. Yeah. And even then, it's only because I videoed it on the VCR. Because it was on at midnight one night. And I came down the early morning, I was like, yes. Yeah, I, I, I hadn't. I, I did, my parents weren't strict at all. Like I was fucking playing GTA when I was like eight. Yeah, like, I was just, just around friends' houses. <laughs> Andy McNabb. Yeah, <laughs> I've done a recce around the school, and you've got GTA. <laughs> Let's be friends. Yeah, like yeah, like I, I don't think I think the strictness definitely changes the way you turn out, but I think the way that you're exposed to things. As long as you're in, like, a functioning environment, it doesn't really matter what you're exposed to. Like, you'll you, you'll, you'll grow up pretty, like, on, on a pretty even keel, mm. I think. Well, it's also, you could, I mean, you could argue what subjects you should teach people, but then it's kind of like the school to offer pretty much everything, mm. like, bite-sides of it, like, biology and physics and maths and whatever, and then whatever you latch onto, yeah. then go away, here's the resources, you go and do it yeah. yourself. yeah. But then if people really latch on to sex education, I don't know what the pro, what you do there. <laughs> yeah. This kid. This kid's horny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> uh, there was a, there was a, 
sex education at my school was weird. I think they they did it like alphabetically. <laughs> like you weren't in school in classes, or you, we had forms. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't so. by form. Wasn't by year. It was like your surname was just called into a room one day, <laughs> and we, we had, I had I had a cool teacher. I never really had classes with him, but he was called Mister Greenhouse. Right, he's pretty cool. So, and he was like talking. And he was it, called Mister Greenhouse. Halsh. Oh, Halsh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like LGH or something like that. Hey man, but, we're going to talk about sex. <laughs> <laughs> hey man. <laughs> But like it was, it was great because like uh, there was this weird kind of because it was all done. Um, well, what I think it was before sixth form, so it was still like single sex school, um, and a lot of the boys in the class were like trying to use this opportunity to boast about like, well, you know, sir, some of us are fucking already. Yeah. And, and, like rather than like it's just kids being stupid, he was yeah. like, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs> he then just start asking questions that the kids couldn't answer. He'd be like, "Yeah, yeah just shut up. I'm the t- I'm teaching you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm teaching you how to. I'm teaching you about the world. You don't need to boast to anybody in here." <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, a 27-year-old man allegedly stabbed at the back at, uh, at Beerwar last night. Beerwar is a place in Australia, I later found out. Okay. Uh, stabbed in the back at Beerwar last night. Uh, stopped in at the pub before calling the police. <laughs> oh, this stressed me out. <laughs> uh, Queensland Police Service spokeswoman... Another spoke... Oh, a spokeswoman this time. Oh. Um, said police would... Dangerous. Did she have a big, huge pistol? <laughs> <laughs> No. Uh, police with alleged fight between two men uh, started at the Beerwar Hotel and moved out uh, on the road to Turner Street and saw 20-year-old Beerwar man allegedly stab a Kabulchor man. These are fucking right. weird name places, man. Um, the QPS spokeswoman told, said the two men were initially kicked out of the pub were fighting. It's alleged that the fight moved elsewhere and the 20-year-old stabbed the older man in the back with a knife. However, the victim returned to the pub Nice still in his back, um, <laughs> said the QPS spokeswoman. Um, <laughs> Don't take it out. <laughs> That's evidence. <laughs> Kate's more bleed, Greg's yeah. more bleeding. Andy McNair. Um, she said a substantial amount of alcohol was involved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you been stabbed and you go back for one more pint? Yeah. <laughs> We're waiting for an ambulance. It's going to take a while. Might be... <laughs> Away from a hospital in yeah. Australia, maybe. Couldn't make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it could, but maybe, you know, it's just... It's boring waiting for an ambulance and the police. Yeah, I guess. Might I, as well go talk with me friends. <laughs> what you got there, Barry? That's a knife. <laughs> yeah, it's not mine. <laughs> um, ah, that's it for that one. This is the last one. Um... And this was appropriate because Easter. Another, okay. another Easter story. Asthmatics uh, killed by eggs and trees. Yeah, yeah. Um, a Philippine man who's been nailed to a cross every Easter for the past 32 years and a Good Friday reenactment of Jesus Christ crucifixion says he no longer feels <laughs> any pain from his wounds. Jesus Christ crucifixion. <laughs> uh, Ruben Enaje, 58, again portrayed Christ. 58? <laughs> portrayed Christ. <laughs> it's a bit... Yeah, it's not like... Stereotypical casting of Jesus, really, 58-year-old Christ. Uh, again portrayed Christ on Friday in the traditional religious rite um, uh, about f- 
47 miles from the capital of Manila. Uh, in the past, I went home injured and limping, but this year, I feel so great. <laughs> it does wonders for your back. <laughs> and Nadia said, after the ritual held under a, under a sweltering sun, he said he believed his strong Catholic faith helped him avoid the pain. I feel like he's telling me, go ahead, keep it up, he said, referring to God. <laughs> <laughs> referring to God and God's will of crucifying him. <laughs> Inaja said he felt strong enough to perform in another two or three crucifixions until he turned 60. Um, Inaja was among three devotees nailed to wooden crosses in the village on Friday. <laughs> That's in the Bible, you know. <laughs> crucifixions every year until you're 60. <laughs> <laughs> Including a woman taking part for the seventh time. Uh, <laughs> That's not noteworthy. <laughs> Why? Why you put it to say that women do it as well? They do it as well. Yeah. Um, actors wearing Roman soldier costumes. Attached oh, wait, to... wait. She did it for the seventh time. Yes, yes. Oh, I thought she, she's a seventh woman to crucify herself. Oh, no, no. Okay. She was doing, she, it was her seventh yeah. time out. Fair enough. Yeah. Every, cru- every time you crucify yourself, yeah. it's probably a it's little like, noteworthy. Well, I've got 32, so. <laughs> yeah, keep it up. <laughs> One day you could be me. So long as, long as you don't become 60. I can't hold marbles. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm act- terrible at game shows. <laughs> Put my hand on the buzzer, and just go straight through my head. <laughs> I know the answer. I know the answer. It's crucifixion. Oh no, no! <laughs> it's amazing at hide and seek, though. Particularly if you're seeking, it's just like one, two, just cheating yeah, like, like, through the holes in his hands. When I get glasses, I've got to get hand glasses as well. (laughs) Uh, The Catholic Church in the Philippines uh, said that they tolerate the ritual, but they do not support such gory uh, displays of devotion, describing them as a misinterpretation of the faith. How Christian. But but yeah, we tolerate it, but no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess like crucifixion isn't a Christian thing. No, it's just... Well, no, I mean... Technically, it's a Roman it might thing. be a Jewish thing, but it's, yeah, it's like, more it's, a Roman thing. I, maybe it's probably been going on for longer than that, but like, no, it's, it was it was a method of execution in Roman times. Christians were just like mine. Yeah, so, like, yeah. Like, why have they taken? Like, admittedly, their favorite person did it. Yeah. So, like, follow them. But like, like he didn't do it willingly. For me, well, it's no, not. He, he did, didn't he? It's he not, did it because he wanted to. Yeah, like, I want to do it. It's not a miracle to me that Jesus died on the cross. The miracle is the fact that he got out of a cave with a massive boulder on it. it like, if these yeah. people really wanted to show their devotion to Christ, they'd tie a boulder around their neck, not a fucking cross. Like, <laughs> just like, like cave. Yeah, <laughs> like, that guy. That guy's really Christian. He hasn't. <laughs> yeah, he's so Christian. He died in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> They came out. He rose. He rose yeah. like bread. <laughs> What's that? That's an Old Testament bread, isn't it? Is there? Yeah, flatbread. Is it something like that? Moses took all the people out of Mose. <laughs> right. I don't think it was Mose. <laughs> Egypt. Egypt was it Egypt? Yeah. yeah. I thought Jesus did Egypt. No, Moses no? did. Moses. Moses. What did Jesus do Bethlehem? Bethlehem. Well, he was born there. Yeah, he didn't do it. Well, he went around though. Yeah, he, he was—he just—he was, he was just like one of those preachers that you see on the street. Except he cured people's did leprosy. Did Jesus and shit. not do Egypt? I—I'm I, not up on my Bible to be the honest. No, but Moses the, did the Nile, I think, and the Nile's th- in that's Egypt. That's in Egypt, and he parted the Red Sea. Yeah, yeah. 
He's Red Galloway. <laughs> Stop. But, but yeah, there was something... Uh, right, I might be misunderstanding this with Rugrats. Right. Because they did a whole Babies and Moses thing. Whatever it was, Tommy was Moses. And there was something about bread in it. And there was something about they couldn't do bread right. So they accidentally invented Jew bread. Is it is it the Eucharist? Don't or know. something? I think there's some kind of bread called a Eucharist. And yeah. that's like really Jesus-y bread. So we've gone from talking about what schools should teach and information <laughs> they should give. And I've kind of gone, my whole understanding of a religion is from Rugrats. <laughs> Unintentionally, as well. This, like, I'm pretty sure that happened in Rugrats. <laughs> that means it's real, right? I mean, that's how it works. Yeah, don't trust Angelica, the crazy gang. For more episodes the second they leave our disgusting workstations, head over to www.pullingteeth.audio and remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or TuneIn, maybe all three. Ratings and comments would be nice as well. If you've got any questions or comments, find us on Twitter at PullingTeethPod for anything more extensive or of a private or personal nature. Or if you've got some kind of moral objection to social media, you can drop us an email at podcast at PullingTeeth.audio. For more from me, head to stevemilligan.net and find us both on Twitter at singitsteve and at nicksnip. This has been Pulling Teeth. See you next week. <laughs>